Talitha Kumai. Arise. So over the past couple of weeks, we talk about um, the basic of faith, Mark chapter 11, 22 to 26. You know, we spoke about that for a couple of weeks, and if you missed it, I encourage you to go and, and, and catch up on the teaching. But today, I want to talk about the types of faith, at least start to talk about the types of faith. There are different types of faith in the Bible, especially the ones, the ones that we're going to talk about are the ones that actually move the hands of God. How many of you want to believe that God, you can actually move the hands of God with your faith? You can literally move the hands of God for miracle with your faith. In Mark chapter 10, verse 52, there was a story of this blind man asked Jesus to heal him, and Jesus granted his request, and when Jesus was healing him, this is what Jesus said, go your way, your faith has made you well, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Who did Jesus say had, who or what did Jesus say had, had healed this blind man? Talk to me, please. Are we here this morning? Who has healed this blind man? His faith. Not Jesus' faith. His faith. Jesus said, your faith, not me, not my power, not even my faith, but your faith has healed you. This is the kind of faith that moved the hand of God. So this morning, we're going to look at the type, different types of faith. And, and this is not the only time that Jesus said to, to the people that it healed that, you know, that your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you whole. It is your faith. And it's, you will see at least two, three or four of those examples how the faith of individuals can move God. The type of faith especially of individuals that can move God. You know, in the New Testament, if you read the New Testament, there were people that got healed by the Lord, you know, when they come to Jesus, you know, they got healed by the Lord, and then uh, they're, they're, because they asked the Lord to heal them, and there's some that Jesus will heal them without even him asking, anybody asking him to heal. For example, this man at the pool of, uh, the pool of Bethesda, he never asked Jesus to heal him, and Jesus just helped himself and went up to him and said, you want to get healed? And then it's another time there was a funeral procession of this young boy. Nobody asked Jesus to heal this young boy, but Jesus decided to raise him from the dead. Now, there are times that the people that didn't even believe Jesus healed them. But what we're going to learn is that you can actually move the hands of God with this kind of faith. How many of you want to learn that this morning? Okay, three people. That's all right. It's okay. The first type is we're going to go back to verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. I will show you that this, this is the type, of the, the, the type of this faith is the faith that is bold and persistent. Okay, bold and persistent. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52, he said, They came to Jericho, and as, as he was leaving Jericho, which his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the guys around them and say, shut up. 
It's like a lot of churches, right? People want to praise God, you know, we want to raise our voice. Oh, God, I want to worship you. And some people would just stand in there and say, and say to themselves, I wish they would just shut up and be quiet. Because <laughs> they want to come to church to meditate. Honey, man, this is not the place to meditate. Okay? This is the, we're not... We're not the frozen chosen, you know. But this is not the church. We come to church to celebrate, to have an encounter with God. You want to meditate? You go into your closet to meditate. A lot of people want to meditate in church. Wrong church, man. You want to go? You want, you, when you come here, you, you know, just, just give it all you got to celebrate, to worship. And don't get annoyed with people that want to worship God, you know. The people that are loud, just, just, just follow them, be as loud. You know, God, I worship you, I praise you. And that's how it moves the hands of God. But anyways, so, so, and, and so they say, be quiet. But, you know, the Bible says, he cried out all the more. So, if it if, if was like 100 decibels, he went to 200 decibels. Jesus! Sign of David, have mercy with more strength. The more opposition he had, the more strength he gave it to cry out to God. And Jesus stopped and said, call, call him. And they called him, called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said, go your way. Your faith had made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This is the kind of faith that can move Jesus' heart and can move Jesus' hands. It's a faith that is bold. It's a faith that is not afraid. It's a faith that's willing to go for it without being intimidated. That's boldness right there. So whose, whose daughter is this? Whose baby is this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, that's bonus, right? You know, children have bonus. They have, they're not intimidated. But, yeah, we don't want her to distract. Anyways, so <laughs> maybe you want to put some oil in the wheel so it won't make so much noise and distract us, you know. <laughs> but anyways, so the faith is the faith that had bonus to cry out to God. Not only did he have bonus, he had persistency. Friends, do you know that in order for your faith to work is that you and I need to have incredible bonus in crying out to God. Bonus to God, I need your help. Not be intimidated, intimidated by the crowds, for the people around you. Not intimidated by the size of the needs that you have for God. But have the faith to say, God, I need your help. Son of David, Jesus, I need your help. And when you face proposition, and you will, because every time when you want to believe in God for something, you, I can guarantee you there will be opposition against you. There will be voices into your ears and say, it's not going to work. You're believing too much. This is impossible. And you might even have people ridicule you, try to silence you, and try to just say, just, 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 just be normal, man. Why don't you, just, why don't you just make a scene for yourself? But friends, let me encourage you. Whenever you have a need, whenever you have a desire for God to accomplish something for you, don't be shy. It's your life we're talking about. They're not going to be around if you got healed or not got healed. All they want to do is just to be a convenient for them. The people want to stop you. But I want to encourage you. Don't care about all those people who are trying to stop you. Don't care about all those people who are trying to discourage you. In fact, just cut them out of your life and just go for God and say, Oh, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the more that 
devil wants to stop you, the harder you need to press, the more persistent you need to press, because this is the kind of faith that can move the hands of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now know that Jesus asked what he wanted. He knew exactly what he wanted. He did not hesitate. He could have asked for riches, acceptance, or anything. You know, Hugh, my heart, you know, I've been rejected so many times. But instead of that, he knew exactly what he wanted. And it was big. It was impossible. Do you know what you want? A lot of times Christians come to the Lord, you know, they really don't know what they want. In fact, they're not even honest with God what it is that they want. For example, you know, a lot of, a lot of believers, they want to have financial security. So instead of asking God, you know, I just pray that you give me wisdom, how it is that I can live in financial security, not worry about money. You know what they ask? God, I want a better job to have a better pay. That's not what you want. You really don't know what you want. You actually want to have financial security. God may provide you to sign financial security without having a better job. We're always trying to, we're trying to box God to bless us in a certain way. We would plan out how God is going to bless us, and we expect him to bless us in a certain way. So instead of asking God, I want financial security, what do they pray for? God, I want a better job. Truth of the matter is you can have a better job and still have no financial security. And so in order for you and I to actually receive from the Lord, we got to know exactly what it is we want. And some of you sitting there say, you know, I, I want financial security. So what do I say? Just say, God, I want financial security. What is God going to do? Well, he's going to show you a way to get financial security. For one thing, for people who tithe and, and in their life had cultivated the lifestyle of tithing, I tell you, those people are living in financial security. You know, sometimes it might look like it's a pretty bleak situation, you know, but God always comes through. I say, God always comes through. Oh, three people agree. For some of you are tither, you need to agree with me. I know there are a lot of tithers in this church. So God always comes through. Amen. Come on. And you know, if the situation, come on, praise the Lord. And the situation might be, oh, you know, just might not look at it. But if you stay the course and be bold and believe in God and know exactly what you want, God will answer your prayer. So when you come to the Lord, be bold. There will be opposition. There will be people that resist you. And there will be voices in your hands saying, you're going to work. They're going to be stupid, you know. And, of course, the narrative of the world, the media, whatever, they were always opposed to the supernatural and what we believe. And especially some of our friends, some of our relatives, some of our siblings, some of our parents, some of whatever. They would tell us, oh, don't be silly. You know, I remember one time there was this brother in our church, you know. He, um, he, was, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer, you know, and he really wanted to believe in God for healing, you know. And he's got all those, you know, all those scripture verses, you know, put up in the hospital room, you know. And, and I'll go in there. I'll just encourage him. Come on, just believe in God. Believe for the impossible. And then his family would rebuke me. His family would say, why are you giving him false hope? And they would, they would tell me, don't tell him, whatever. But I didn't listen to them. But I don't know what kind of influence they had on him. You know, a lot of times sincere Christians would want to tell us, oh, you know, God, you know, maybe it is his will. The will of God is very clear in the, in the Bible. is that he heals, he heals, he heals. So you and I need to learn to have a faith that is bold as a lion. This guy, he, didn't, he was not timid. He was not like a cat, meow, when he wanted help. He went roaring, Wah! You know, some of us need to have that faith that just go, <laughs> 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 
Jesus! Son of David! Be bold in the way we ask and be bold in what you want to ask and be specific. Now, the second kind of faith is in Mark chapter 5. Let's go to chapter 5, verse 24. And he went with them, and, and a crowd followed Jesus and thronged about him. In other words, there were a lot of people around Jesus, you know, just touching him, pushing him, you know. This is what happened. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, who had suffered much under many physicians, had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse, because money cannot solve all our problems. And she had heard, she had heard, do you realize that our faith always needed to, our faith always need to hear something? And that's why you come to church on Sunday is to hear the word of God so you can have faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And she heard, she heard, she heard. So many people still yet to hear about the amazing grace of God. So many people yet to hear that God heals. And would you tell them? And would you bring them to church that believes in healing and believes in miracle? Because if nobody tells them, how are they going to know? If nobody preached them, how are they going to hear? How are they going to believe? How are they going to have faith? But because somebody said something so she heard she heard that Jesus could heal and 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 she came up behind him in the crowd worked through the crowd and touched his garment for she said if I touch even his garments I'll be made well notice here who said Come on, talk to me. Who said? Jesus. Come on, respond. Who said? Jesus. Some of you will never open your mouth. I want to hear you. Who said? Jesus. She said. Do you know nobody told her that in order for you to get healed, you need to touch the garments of Jesus? Because up to now, nobody got healed by touching Jesus' garments. Later on, if you read later on, there'll be throng of people who will bring to Jesus just to touch his garment. That's much later on. Because this time, nobody had done it. It's never been done before. What did she have? She had the courage to try something that nobody had tried before. Are you here this morning? A lot of times we limit our faith to only what had been done before. But if you know anything about Jesus, he said he never really repeats himself twice hardly. If you look at all the miracles in the Bible, every single one of them would be healed by Jesus in a different way. Sometimes he's spitting on the ground, put it, uh, with the, you know, you know uh, mix it with dirt and put it in people's eyes. Sometimes he just spit straight into the eyes. Sometimes he just take a spit and put it in the tongue, you know. Pretty not hygienic, but pra, pra, praise God. It's, it's, it's son of God, you know. It, it should be cool. But anyways, you know. But, you know, Jesus used a lot of different ways to heal people. And so if you and I have been seeking and contending for some miracles in our life, don't box God in a certain way. Be open-minded. He might want to do something that you never thought about it. Just have an open mind. He might give you an idea. He might give you an idea for your healing. Why is it that only people can be healed by some pastor touching them and praying for them? Come on. God might give you a revelation, and this is not one of them. I'm just using an example. He might say to you, you know, if you have back pain, go out there and grab some snow and put it on your back. Hey, if that was his idea, you'll get healed. But you say, well, I've never been done before. Well, guess what? He never done anything the same. 
courageous faith is a faith that's willing to try out things that had never been tried before. Trailblazing faith. That's what you and I need to have is trailblazing faith to begin to believe that God can do it, not with the other ways, not with the ways that people have accepted it, but in a way that nobody has seen before. That's courageous. She was courageous also because, well, let's keep reading on. And immediately the flow of the blood dried up, and she felt her body that she was healed of the disease. And Jesus perceived himself that the power had gone out from him. He immediately turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garment? And he says, to say, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had, touched, who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before Jesus. Jesus and told him the whole truth and he said watch this what did he say verse 34 daughter your faith whose faith your faith has made you well not my power not my faith your faith let me ask you this question does your faith draw power from Jesus. Can your faith draw power from Jesus? You know, a lot of people were touching Jesus. You know, everybody was touching him. You know, no power flowed out. So many believers come to church, you know, at, during worship service, you know, they stand there, you know, they see people experiencing some, you know, they, they just, people just having a, a time in the presence of God. They just stand there. I don't feel anything. Jesus could be standing here with a red head and a red suit. They wouldn't even recognize him. You know why? Because they don't have the faith to want to grab a hold of Jesus. So many people had touched Jesus. There's no power flowing through Jesus to them. But yet this woman with such a courageous faith that Jesus said, because of that, my power flowed out of me into you friends when do you know that when you have a faith that is so full of courage that it could literally draw jesus power out from his throne so many of us have been trying to draw power from people but when you have the faith that this woman had she was able to draw power out of jesus you know her courage is not only trying something new her courage is this. You know, in her day, if you are unclean, if you, have, you know, going through, you know, the bleeding period, and if you are unclean, you are considered unclean. And if you touch a man, you are causing the man to be unclean. Do you realize that if people found out that she was touching all this man that she was trying to work through, and, we, and, and they found out that she was, she was unclean, she could have been stoned. And because of her desperation, she was absolutely desperate for God to heal us. You know, some of us are not in that situation. We think to ourselves, if God heal me, nice. If he doesn't heal me, that's okay too. Friends, do you realize that if you want God to move, you and I need to be in a place of extreme desire. Everybody say extreme desire extreme desire and desperate if you have another way don't bother to pray I, I, come on if you if you have another way if you can do it on your own don't bother to pray 
Because God's not going to get involved. And don't even need to give him praise and glory because he didn't get involved. It's your strength, your connection, your ability. Pray only in places where it is impossible for you to achieve. Pray only, cry out to God only in, for things that you know your strength cannot accomplish. Because if your strength can accomplish, why pray? Don't be religious about it, right? We come to God for help because we can't help ourselves. So many people say, oh God, I pray. But in their mind, they already got a solution. And they, yet they keep on crying out to God. You already got a solution. You already got a way. A lot of people say, you know, why don't we see as many miracles in Canada about healing as, say, even in the United States or in some of the parts of the world? I'll tell you why. Because we have an incredible medical social safety net. Everybody get to see a doctor for free, and almost everybody can get medication for free, almost. So when we come up to pray, what we have in mind is that, well, if it didn't work out, I still have my medication at home. Well, guess what? It ain't going to work. Because if you have, can fix it yourself, God is not going to get involved. He will get involved when you're absolutely desperate. And that's why if you want to pray for something, pray for something big. Be bold. We just talked about it just now. Be bold in your request. Don't ask for small things. Are you here this morning? Don't say, oh, God, I, I, just, I just pray I can wake up in the morning. Oh, shut up. What do you mean? You can't wake up yourself. Why do you need God to help you wake up? Oh, it's so hard. No, man. Slap yourself, you wake up. Oh, God, I want to wake up at 5. Put an alarm on, then you wake up at 5. You don't need God to help you. Some Christian, we just pray for some trivial things. Oh, I thank the Lord he woke me up at 5. Really? I had a preacher say, you know, like he would even, uh, you know, ask God, you know, to help him to pick his tie in the morning. Now, his, his argument is that God is interested in every facet of my life. He is. But he's given you talents, wisdom, understanding, two hands, four limbs, two eyes, some brains, you know. What do you think he wants you to do with them? Donate it to somebody? Are you here this morning? He had given you ability that you don't need to ask him for help on those, in those areas. But in areas that you are contending with healing, terminal disease, incurable sickness, yeah, come to the Lord. And when you come, have such courage, have such boldness to cry out to God. And don't stop until you get an answer. You see, there's too many Christians they're not persistent enough. Worship them, you can come out. We're going to close now. Too many believers, sincere believers, they have such an incredible faith initially. After the hearing, the preacher preached to them some incredible faith, faith, faith sermon. They had such an incredible faith to believe in God for many things. But after they wait for a month or two months or a year, they gave up. They say, ah, it's not going to work. Friends, may I encourage you, not only should you have a courageous faith, 
Not only should you be courageous in, in, in reaching out to God and believing in God and, and, and try things that, that nobody had tried before and believing in God to heal you or do great things for you outside the experiences of others, but also have the boldness and the persistency to stay the course, to press in. I know it's really hard. The Bible says when hope is deferred, it makes your heart sick. So you have been believing in God for miracles, believing, believing, and nothing can happen. You feel sick in your heart, and you want to give up because you don't want to feel sick anymore. I understand that. But that's the price. If that's the price I need to pay, you need to pay to get your miracle. Pay that price. Say, God, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. We heard Bibles, you know, all over the Bibles of people just can't wait. They try their own ways. And they cause more problems in the end when they try to help God than to wait on the Lord. There is this constant war between Israel and Ishmael till this day. This could have been averted on completely if Abraham and Sarah, both of them, were not trying to help God. Are you here? They tried to help God. And guess what? You know why? Because they couldn't wait. They said, well, God promised. It didn't come through. Maybe he wants us to help him. Really? If you can help God, why do you even need God? If the God you serve needs your help, He's not worth serving. Ooh. It's like offering, right? If God needs your offering to keep his house running, <laughs> that's sad. We've been to so many places, everybody say, oh, you know, you know, the Lord wants you to give because if you don't, his house is going to shut down. If the God that you and I serve is that small, He's not worth serving. That's pretty bold, isn't it? Isn't that scary? You give because you want to worship him. You're not helping him out. You give because you're honoring him. You believe his word is true that when you give in worship and honor, he will bless you and you receive blessing. But you give as a worship. You're not donate to church. Go donate to World Vision. Don't donate to church. When you come here to give your offering, it's a worship that I'll be done with fear and trembling because you're bringing gifts unto God. Everyone who come to the Lord in worshiping God, they come in fear and trembling. From the three wise men all the way to the Old Testament, everyone who understood and had the right attitude of worship, including Caleb, God received their worship. The rest rejected by God. Why? Because they thought they would add to God by giving sacrifice. Your money, your sacrifice does not add to God or His kingdom a bit. It's your worship unto God. Treat it with reverence and fear. When you give your tithes, it's not like, oh, okay, okay, I guess I have to. Some people give the leftover. I'm not trying to judge you or make you feel condemned. Please don't. If you haven't got the faith to do it, yeah, I pray one day you have the faith to do it. 
But when you are giving tithes and offering, you're giving with trembling and fear. You say, God, I just love you so much. How, who am I to be able to come and worship you with my gift? I honor with my gift. He doesn't need you to donate and add to him. You can add one thing to him in your giving or anything that you do. So if the God that needs your help, the, if your God needs your help, then why do you need to serve him? The reason you serve him is because he doesn't need your help. Including the time when you ask for things. You want to ask for things, ask for things that you can't help. Ask for things that's impossible for you to help. And you cry out. Then you see supernatural miracles in your life. Then you see heaven opens and response from heaven would come. Are you blessed this morning? Did you learn something? Hallelujah. Come on. If you can stand with me this morning.